0: Buenos días, buenas tardes, buenas noches señoras y señores, aquí quien habla es Kishere Paturi and it's a pleasure to be here as always in our second episode of the fourth season of El Cafecito Today we will be discussing the Pandora Papers which have really, uh, sho- not shocked the world, shocked would be uh, a bad term because this has happened before but it's really surprised the world I'd say in the last couple of weeks and uh, we're going to discuss mostly what the Pandora Papers have to do with Latin America because that's what our podcast is all about Good afternoon, Raquel, how are you?
1: Hello, hello. I'm doing well. I'm uh, very excited to talk about this topic. I think uh, there are so many things we can talk about, so I'm really looking forward to, to the conversation and just uh, having some, some reflection on what's happening in Latin America regarding uh, the Pandora Papers.
0: Absolutely, I think some reflection is very necessary, especially because this keeps happening and it's, no one really does anything about it. Uh Jose Alfredo Jimenez, good afternoon, how are you?
2: I'm um, really good, aside from the fact that I totally butchered my name, but <laughs> I'm doing amazing. I think this is a, such an amazing topic, and I can't wait to dive into it, because there's a lot to talk about, and there's a lot of issues uh, that, that, that are really um, related to this uh, recent work by by all the different um, uh, journalist organizations. So, yeah, let's dive into it.
0: Absolutely. I apologize for butchering your name. It's actually Jose Alfredo Jimenez. That's how you say it correctly. There you go. Thank
1: you. For the record.
0: <laughs> for the record. Um, and now we'll get right into it. And and, and if you don't know, obviously, uh, the Pandora Papers are the latest of a series of mega leaks brought public by the International consortium of investigative journalists also known as the icij and it's actually the largest investigation in journalism history this leak includes almost 12 million documents among images emails and spreadsheets uh and there's actually a couple of estimates here um right yourself though S
2: yes. A J so what um, are these the icij which we just uh, Said so it was an uh, international consortium of investigative journalists. They estimate that the money held offshore region, ranges, ranges from between 5.6 to 32 trillion dollars. And then another really interesting um, estimate uh, from the International International Monetary Fund, which estimates that tax havens cost governments worldwide upwards of 600 billion dollars in loss of taxes every year.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And among some highlights of the Pandora papers not related to Latin America were the King of Jordan, who spent uh, around £70 million on properties in the United Kingdom and the United States through secretly owned companies, the Czech Prime Minister, who did not declare an offshore investment, ergo not paying tax on it, when he bought two French villas, villas being a large house, for £12 million, and the family of Kenyan President Uhuru Kenyatta, who owned a network of offshore offshores, for decades and to more the qatari Rumi family avoided an 18.5 million pound tax stab on a mansion when they bought a mansion in london and the leading family of azerbaijan has hidden property deals in the uk worth more than 400 million pounds so you can see there's a lot of money going around that goes exactly into what jose will say the amount of tax that was lost due to uh, these offshores was absolutely blatant
2: what? Yes, what? yes, 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 that's, that's, that's unbelievable. As you can see, there's a lot of high-profile individuals here. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, since this is a very controversial topic, I'm sure that, I don't know, um, there, there's been quite a few news and information regarding other, other high-profile individuals, uh, like celebrities. I heard uh, something about Shakira being involved in this. Also, there's some uh, interesting uh, stuff about Vladimir Putin and one of his, I guess alleged um, girls that they had a relationship with. So I don't know, what do you guys, have you guys heard anything else uh, aside from what we just mentioned? Do you know any other high profile individual that was involved in this?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are many, many influential figures, uh, very famous people that are not just like business people. Uh, also, as you said, Shakira, I know Pep Guardiola. Um, oh, really? Other... I, I hadn't heard about him. Yeah, I mean, there are so many people that are like, because I don't know, I feel that sometimes people have the idea that it's just um, business people, the ones that have offshore companies, but it's also uh, like politicians. Uh, I think there there's, there were some allegations against uh, like religious affiliations as well. Uh, celebrities, um, members of like the soccer world, yeah. uh, and it, I think it just shows that Uh, the offshore companies are not limited to uh, business people or just uh, a few uh, individuals. It's an issue that involves many, many people around the world, as uh, Gile just pointed out, many politicians or many influential figures in different countries from different parts of the world have been involved in the Pandora Papers. So this just shows that there are multiple actors uh, and stakeholders in... uh, this investigation
2: yes and i think uh, one, one interesting thing to point out is that they not just have in common being high profile individuals or um just celebrities but I, I i would say that one thing they have in common is that they all all these individuals are uh quite wealthy i would say and that's why they get involved into this into they got involved into this uh situation right here so i think this ties in really nicely to the 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 next section that we're gonna define what an offshore really is so um would you please uh uh give us a description of what an offshore is
0: absolutely so so uh offshores are generally speaking these networks of companies set up across borders effectively allowing ultra rich to figuratively hide not literally you know it's not hidden under a mattress but so figuratively hide their wealth or or properties uh when as these are owned not by them directly but through a chain of companies based in far-flung countries uh offshore countries or territories that are are used for these offshore so shell companies uh they usually check three general boxes so an offshore country will have uh laws making it easy to set up companies in that country. Also, we'll have laws to to make it difficult to identify who exactly owns said companies. And uh, number three, there are usually uh, very little to no corporation tax. So if you hit these three boxes, you're usually a country used for offshore. So a couple of those uh, that come to mind are Panama, the British Virgin Islands, uh, and Usually, it's interesting, they're usually Caribbean nations as well, or Central <laughs> American nations. So, we're going to get into that in a bit. But after giving this uh, overview of the Pandora Papers, giving the highlights, Shakira's involved. Wow, it's, it's crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, let us come finally to our Latin America, because it is actually incredible how nearly half. Of the current and former heads of state identified in the Pandora Papers are either from Latin America or the Caribbean. So once more, we're making headlines with something not exactly positive.
2: Guille, all this stuff sounds quite controversial, but also sounds like it has a negative tone. So uh, is any offshore uh, illegal or like is this allowed by the law? Like, do you know anything about this? Or or Raquel, can you? like jump in on this because it all sounds quite negative like uh, i feel like it has a a negative uh, connotation to it
0: well it absolutely has a negative connotation to it because it's basically the ultra rich dodging taxes it is sometimes not illegal so there are several countries in which there are not specific laws against it so for example the united kingdom has some loopholes sort of allowing it i know ecuador has laws against it uh brazil does not But in the end of the day, what it is, it's the ultra wealthy dodging tax and not paying their fair share of the society, which is what usually ends up happening with the ultra wealthy. Would you agree, Raquel?
1: Yeah, definitely. And the problem with this is that by not paying that money to the country where they're making the money from, that means that there's less money for governments and public officials to use that money for public goods. So as much as, yeah, it's like, quote unquote, your money, it's also the money that could have been invested um, to provide public services. So it's not just an uh, individual's action, but how this action involves and affects people in uh, their countries. And I'm pretty sure we're going to talk more about this as we talk about the Latin American case. So really, uh, I don't know, it's just this conversation about Latin America, it's very controversial. And also, Something uh, worth noting because uh, there's um, a lot of influence, like the Pandora Papers are going to have a lot lot of influence in Latin America. And hopefully this time we can learn what to do. Uh, We saw that we had the case of the uh, Panama Papers, the Paradise Papers. And then now with the Pandora Papers, it just shows that people are still having offshore companies. Uh, To avoid taxes, to uh, not invest in their countries, so it's it's an issue that we have in Latin America, definitely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, like going back to Latin America, uh, there are two cases that must be absolutely highlighted, and those are Ecuador, Chile, and Brazil, because Ecuador's newly elected president Guillermo Lasso has uh, been shown through the Pandora Papers to have had ties to at least ten offshore companies in the United States. And Panama. So I wanted to ask the two Ecuadorians in the room about Ecuador's relationship with with, uh, not only offshore companies, but the situation in general, because Ecuador has been a heated place in the last couple of weeks from what I've been seeing. I wanted to ask you guys, first of all, first question about the Pandora Papers, how uh, the legal structure in the country, and two, what's going on in Ecuador right now?
1: Tough question. Um, yeah. By the way, so, uh,
2: so that our our listeners and our audience knows, um, Raquel and me, Jose Alfredo, we're both from Ecuador. So I think we can offer a really interesting perspective on this. So I'm sorry to have interrupted you, Raquel. I just wanted to, to no I let think our audience know about that.
1: It's important to know where we're coming from. Uh, so I think for, for some context, um, in 2017, uh, the Correa government he, we had a national referendum that essentially asked the people if we wanted to have a law a, a law that prohibited uh politicians or public officials to have offshore companies this um referendum was approved and it became a law the national assembly approved the law and now it's 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 a law in our constitution that states that no public official or political candidate can have any type of of connection to offshore companies and with any type of connection it's not just you as like raquel owning one company but my immediate family and i think some extended extended family members as well so it's not just you as an individual but your connections your 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 close contacts um so this this law was uh, approved in 2017 and uh since since then uh Lasso Guillermo Lasso, the current president of Ecuador, uh, had to close "quote unquote" uh, his his offshore companies. Um, he had at least fourteen offshore companies, most of them in Panama. And I say "quote unquote" to close them because now there's an issue that even though in theory he he met he he um, complied with the law of not having offshore companies while he was running for. Um, the president position he was still some of these companies were connected to his relatives so that's the issue uh that's one of the issues that Ecuador is facing right now and how how uh what's the real situation of the companies associated to uh our current president guillermo so i think that that context is important like in 2017 we had a referendum that essentially said no politician or public official can have offshore companies and this law is very important because it's uh it limits a candidate's position to apply for any any public uh position um and with with Guillermo Lasso, there's been a lot of debate about what's going to happen to him uh because He's going to be, his case is going to be evaluated, not just him as the president of Ecuador, but also him as an individual person. So before he even ran for for the presidency, then him as the political uh, candidate for the presidency, and then now him as the president of Ecuador. So it's like three different cases associated to one person that uh, hopefully in the upcoming weeks we'll uh, know more about the different investigations that are taking place in the country to see. Um, to evaluate Lasso's uh, activities with with offshore companies, so that's some some context for for our audience.
2: Yeah, and I also think it's important to to highlight that Guillermo Lasso, he is now the president of Ecuador, but before that, he has been a he's a really wealthy banker from Ecuador. So again, time back to all the other individuals from the Pandora Papers which involve really high profile individuals, and most of them are really wealthy, uh, Guillermo Lasso, um, he still is a really wealthy uh, individual, which uh, now um, is a president of Ecuador. And yeah, I think um, hopefully he, it, it's re- right now, it's really uh, uncertain whether or not he completely dissolved all the the his offshore uh, corporations and if everything's under regulation although he claims to have done so so in the next few weeks or months we're sure to get a more definite answer and also right now in ecuador um lasso as a matter of fact is um uh, facing massive pressure in the last few weeks as there's been a lot of um i i don't even know if it's just an instability in his government but there's a lot of 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 conflict uh especially because uh lasso's government uh is abolishing the previous uh fluctuating system of gasoline pricing so basically um lenin moreno the previous president he wanted to remove the gasoline subsidies in ecuador and a lot of the a lot of ecuadorians uh, mainly the indigenous population uh went to the streets to protest about this, and there was a lot of confrontation. Uh, uh, the previous president, Len Moreno, went to do this to follow the austerity measures. Um, anyways, the, he, he wasn't able to, to fully remove the subsidy. So now Guillermo Lasso um, is trying to abolish the, the previous system which was established. Uh, that was a fluctuating gasoline pricing month to month. Uh, into a fixed price of, of of two the two major types of gasoline used in Ecuador. So gasoline extra is going to be priced at 2.55 US dollars per gallon and diesel is going to be priced at 1.9 dollars per gallon. And yes, that's a big issue right now. Um, so Leonidas, Leonidas Issa, who is, who is the president of the indigenous organization, is mobilizing all the the indigenous groups against the, the government, and they're making protests. They're blocking roads, which, by the way, it's really, um, it's really bad for the uh, economy of the of the country because uh, you you stop the flow of goods, you stop the flow of people. So it's really, it has really negative consequences. And yeah, the Lonidas Isa is dismissing the the price freeze, and he he demands that this is not fair for the people, and that's what is happening in Ecuador right now.
1: But. I mean, yes, I agree that by uh, protesting, there, there are some issues related to like making sure that we get the, good, the goods that we need and all that. But I think it's like part of the, the right of the people, like if they don't, um, I'm just thinking about what happened in October of 2019 and all the protests that were similar to, to the ones that are happening right now um, about how there was a clear rejection from many indigenous communities Uh, And many other Ecuadorians against the austerity measures that the government tried to uh, establish at the time. There was a clear rejection against the IMF, against uh, neoliberalism. And the thing is that with Lasso, a very conservative um, business person, he's like trying to bring all these measures back.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, So
1: it's not just about, oh, like the specific price or, or the um, the increase of the price of gasoline or or, um, of, or any other fuel. It's, it's more about what's the context and what does this mean? And that it's the case that um, the protests that are taking place right now are demanding action and also are demanding more support towards uh, the agricultural sector because like most of these indigenous communities are the ones that Feed yes. our families. so there's also that, that support that pressure uh, against the, the president and the other I think last item that uh, has been uh, part of um, the Ecuadorian news uh, recently is uh, the pre- uh, or has been the pre- uh, the prison riots and um, prison violence that has been taking place in Ecuador. Uh, early this, this month we had uh, an issue in the prison of, prison of uh, litoral. And there's a lot of violence from from these um, riots, but also uh, with added to the pressure from the protests that are taking place right now and the Pandora Papers, Lasso has uh, many, many of the items that he needs to uh, solve. And hopefully he will be able to provide answers and he will be able to uh, do his role as president of of, of Ecuador. Uh, So hopefully we can get Uh, I mean, hopefully he'll be able to uh, do what he's kind of like signed it up for. uh, And that is to protect Ecuadorian citizens, uh, provide public goods, make sure that uh, the underlying issues that we just talked about are are solved too.
2: Yes, I think um, I really hope and I really want Guillermo Lasso to resolve all these issues in a safe and swift manner. And yes, let's hope for the better. So, con- coming back to Panama Papers, I th- uh, our second case that we're gonna talk about is relates to Chilean President Sebastián Piñera. Guille, do you wanna hop in this on this topic? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, uh, what happened with Piñera is that the pa- the Panama Papers showed how his children um, actually used offshores to sell shares of that Dominga mine, which was a copper and iron project in Chile during the first Piñera administration. It's important to remind uh, our listeners that Sebastián Piñera is on his second non-consecutive administration. He was president first from 2010, from 2014 uh, before being replaced by Michel Bachelet in 2014. And he returned to power in 2018. So these, uh, uh, accusations brought by the Pandora papers happened during his first administration in 2010. Uh, But Piñera was already rich, wasn't he? In 2010, he was already a successful Yes, I think
2: it's also important to contextualize who um, who Sebastián Piñera is. Um, He's also um, during 2010, which is when this when this uh, selling of the Dominga mine occurred, he was uh, already uh, a billionaire businessman uh, running on his first year of office. So, I think it's also this also ties back to all the what the individuals uh, from Panama Papers have in common, which is high-profile and really wealthy individuals.
0: Absolutely, uh, and Pineda is actually for a couple of years now since 2019, he's been under. A lot of pressure uh, due to his, uh, well, monetary policy and the way he's been driving the country. Uh, There's currently a constitutional constitutional assembly that's going to write a new constitution in Chile. That draft should come out in the coming months. That will be interesting to discuss when it does. Uh, So, yeah, it's important to highlight that Pinera is already on fin ice and this is not going to make his life easier at all. But moving away from Chile and Ecuador, we're going to... Brazil, because obviously Brazil would also be involved in the Pandora Papers. This administration has uh, proved to be the worst in Brazilian history, not only for the neglect of human life, but neglect of population itself. The economy is uh, in a in, in downward spiral for the last couple of months. Everything is going, everything that can go badly in Brazil is. Inflation is rising. The Sao Paulo stock exchange is lowering and the price of the dollar in relation to the Brazilian real is also increasing uh the brazilian minister of finance paulo gedges was the one of the administration to be found by the pandora papers to own offshore accounts in the british virgin islands and this is just blatant as minister of finance there is clearly a conflict of interest as play he has privileged information so um, this is he could easily drive uh the country's financial monetary policy for his own personal gain seeing that he has accounts abroad it's 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 so that's blatant absurd, that's absurd. it doesn't really make any sense uh and it, it makes it even worse that this happened over a month ago he has been subpo- subpoenaed by the congress where he went and made a show like he usually does it's only my hope that this administration lasts only uh one more year before we vote them out
2: but this drives me to wait before we we get to the next question um do you know if brazil has any laws preventing any governmental official from being uh from partaking or owning any any offshore accounts like like the one Ecuador had that it prohibited any anyone running for president or being president uh from being involved in any offshore accounts no there's no such
0: laws brazil there was no brazil is There is no it's a mess. There was no uh... It is
1: important to note that Guille has a very concerned face right now. The most reading (laughs) he's
0: there is no reality
1: of of Brazil of like
0: There is no (laughs) concern and and
1: anger of not having a law that prohibits these type of, of activities.
0: Because as we saw in Ecuador, when the Panama Papers came out, there was widespread anger, which caused lawmakers yeah. to pass this. Yeah. The same did not happen in Brazil, because Brazilian public is usually very numb to these sort of things. If there's such bigger issues uh, at home to care about that we're not going to care about if someone, some politician somewhere has an, an offshore account. And if I remember correctly, there was almost... No important Brazilians or leading Brazilians uh, found out in the Panama papers. So no, there's no such laws, but now <laughs> the Minister of Finance has it. So uh, anyways, I think we should move on to my next question because we can talk about this more then, um, which, which goes into this uh, conflict of interest I was talking about. Because in Latin America, we are always talking about corruption, right? But we almost always speak of corruption in the traditional sense of elected officials uh, stealing public money for their own financial gain. But in the cases of Piñera, Lasso, and Gaze, it is different. No, they're not stealing public money, but there is surely a conflict of interests. They decide the monetary policy of their respective countries and have privileged information they could use to grow richer. Should this be considered corruption? Is this ethical? I'll ask Raquel first. Yes. That's that's
1: my answer. Uh, I think because I've been doing some research about the the Pantora papers and there's a lot of conversation about about moral issues and without a doubt like there's a lot of conflict of interest there's a lot of what's the morality of of engaging with these type of activities as politicians like I'm just thinking okay so Lasso, Piñera they're both uh businessmen they're both very closely connected to the private sector of like Ecuador and, and Chile and and the thing is that it's, it's not just like their money, because I've read so many comments of people saying like, es la plata de ellos, like that's like it's their money, it's like, it's their own money. But I think it's not just their money. As I, as, as I said, as I said in the beginning, it's the money generated in Ecuador, in Argentina, and in Chile. It's the money like created or, or made possible through the work that many Ecuadorians um, have done in like the past years. Right. So if this money is like being produced by people in these countries, uh, and it's, uh, evaded abroad and like, there's, they're not paying taxes. They are not using that money to invest in like companies in, in Ecuador. Then it's a question of like, you as a president of a country trying to, uh, I don't know, promote development and, and promote, uh, like support the, 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 their citizens through, through public goods and services and, and all of that, like what a president is supposed to do. What does he say if your own president engages with these type of activities elsewhere? So he's not just like, the moment he decided to run for for, for president, he, he kind of like stopped being just Guillermo Lasso or just a banker. He became a very public figure of the country. So what does he say if your own president engages with these type of activities And what does it say for the other Ecuadorians like this just promotes uh, again and again the idea of a very present idea in in Latin America of accumulating wealth and being more rich and and this ideology of like supporting just uh, more consumption and having more 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 goods for, for for one person. So it's just it's such a complex issue and. My answer is yes. I think it shouldn't be, uh, especially public figures like presidents and um, politicians. It should not be, this is corruption and offshore companies should be prohibited for for these type of individuals, especially if they're evading taxes and especially if there's this double standard, this double phase of how they do their actions uh, on one hand and then the other one of just, uh, as you said in the beginning, in like, hiding their wealth and their uh, other resources elsewhere just to pay less taxes or are none.
0: Yeah. Uh, before you go, I feel I'd just like to add that I agree with Frankel almost entirely. And I'd like to use the words of Guilherme Boulos, who's an important uh, union leader in Brazil, my own. So he said that, and I am uh, quoting, but I'm translating from Portuguese, so I beg, beg your pardon if some parts are a bit uh, badly phrased. Uh, Open quotations, the use of privileged information to get richer is corruption. Favouring private interests when you are in public service is corruption. In addition to an ethical issue, there is an evident conflict of interest with the enrichment of public agents. So just to uh, compliment what you said, Raquel, I agree. And I think that civil servants of any sort should not be allowed to have offshores full stop. It doesn't matter if you're the president, the minister of finance or the minister of Homeland Security. You with privileged information should not be allowed to be have to have the opportunity to become richer uh, when others are uh, becoming poor and suffering through this financial crisis and recession Latin America has been facing since 2020. Alfredo, I'll give it to you and yes. then we'll have to wrap up.
2: I, I also want to say that I completely agree with what Raquel and Guy said before. I think that all the individuals that are currently or have benefited in the past from offshore accounts and uh, have been uncovered in the pandora papers panama papers and all this uh data uh leaks i guess you could say or or findings um these are generally really um high profile wealthy individuals which generally and in most cases have a lot of power into a power and in 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 terms of of not just because they have business and they have money but also in in their governments, i guess so it's really interesting to see how 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 this might might change in the future because all the individuals that, that currently have and in the past have had opportunities to change the, the this this uh this 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 thing that allows for corruption which basically allows has allowed politicians and, and and high high like really wealthy people to to set up this this offshore corporations. These individuals, which could possibly end put an end to this. These are also the individuals which are benefiting from from all this uh, setting of offshore accounts uh, and and possibly and it's most it is, it is corruption. So. It's it's funny how the individuals that could have an impact, they're also the ones are benefiting. So it's really hard to see how this might might change in the future. And yes, I think it's it's definitely corruption, and individuals in in high ranking or any governmental position should definitely not have access or be allowed to to set up any offshore accounts or corporations because it's it's just not beneficial for anyone. They're just taking away money that could be used. For to benefit a lot of, of, of their, their people who desperately need, need help.
0: Very well Back to the reach <laughs> <laughs> I think we gave a pretty nice overview of the Pandora papers and how they relate to Latin America. It's obviously a very controversial and contentious issue but I think we all agreed that uh, there should be laws stopping these offshore accounts from happening and this is definitely corruption when part taken by uh, public or elected officials. So with that, I'll close this week's episode. It was a pleasure to talk to you too, as always. Uh, please uh, don't forget to follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud and Instagram and Facebook. We And be-
2: everything that there is out there to follow, please. Absolutely. We will be back
0: in two weeks. Thank you so much. Ciao.